Backpacking in the Colorado mountains, I learned about the value of zigzagging. I asked why anyone would want to zigzag up a mountain when you could just go straight up and save a bunch of time and footwork. The answer I learned is this. It's easier. Granted, the path is longer and slower, but in the long run, less physical and mental force is needed. Welcome, everyone. I want to use zigzagging to make a point here about the evaluation step in the language learning journey. The climb toward language competency and fluency is steep and arduous for sure. I do feel your pain and blisters. However, if you ease up on the straight up and do the zigzagging thing of evaluating where you've been and where you want to go, I promise that you will reach that proficiency peak more efficiently, more skillfully, and more resourcefully. Is that even a word? So what exactly do we mean by evaluation? Don't get it confused with some type of external test or assessment of your proficiency level or degree of fluency. For our purposes, I'm talking about a self-initiated review process where you honestly take a look back and reflect on your own language learning experience over a given period of time. You're basically asking, where did I go and where do I want to go? You take time to intentionally ask important, crucial questions to help you regroup and refocus your language learning program. It means a bit of grunt work, but I think you'll see the benefits and it'll be well worth your time and effort. Okay, hopefully you've already built in some low-level, more micro-evaluations as the last step in the classic language learning cycle. Remember the old GLUE acronym where the G stands for getting, the L for learning, U is for using, and then the final E stands for evaluation? I texted Natalie Mullen from Wheaton's Institute for Cross-Cultural Training and asked her to wisely weigh in on this topic. As you know from episodes 14 and 25, Natalie has worked with Buku learners and coaches. She wrote, and I quote, Evaluating your language learning process is an essential part to every good language learning plan. I recommend that learners spend a little time frequently, once per week or every couple of weeks or at a minimum once per month, uh, evaluating their learning. They need to ask themselves what went well, what didn't go well, and is there anything they want to change for the following week? Just like we take time to look at our financial budgets, we need to sit down and seriously look at our language learning, end quote. Something else I'd add here is, I think in general, learners think that they haven't done enough and so keep barreling along. One important aspect Natalie mentioned that you may not have thought about is asking yourself if you need to slow down and repeat anything. Are you trying to do too much too fast? Be reminded that going back and reviewing is an important part of the learning. This kind of evaluation is at the micro level, more of a here and now focus. 
Carol Lewis in episode nine talks about evaluation at this level. Yes, do it. Yes, it's important. But my challenge to you here is to take a bigger step back and do a big picture review of your language learning program over an even larger chunk of time. Maybe at the six-month mark, the yearly mark, the two-year mark, etc. It's a big zoom out. The value of this type of evaluation is that it dovetails into some serious long-range planning. You really don't want to just keep on with the same old, same old, staying on the hamster wheel but not going anywhere. Natalie also said in her text, Many times a learner will come to us at the Institute after being on the field one or two years, and they will tell us how hard they've been working, and we believe them. But they've been spinning their wheels. Someone told them to do something at the beginning of their learning, so they just kept on doing it without evaluating whether or not that is actually working for them. A lot of valuable time lost, exclamation point, end quote. I say that evaluation is an invitation. Okay, here comes a slew of ION words. Evaluation is an invitation to more focused vision, to aspiration and inspiration, to clear direction and motivation. Really, what learner wouldn't want all that? So here are some suggestions on how to do a profitable evaluation. Before we start that zigzag, some general guidelines. One, set aside a time and place to do the evaluation. Write it into your schedule. Write it on your calendar. Two, you might want to invite someone else into the process. Maybe a more experienced language learner, someone you feel like has been successful. I know one chew doesn't fit all learners, but someone who's been there and done that well can certainly give you some perspective and ideas. And it goes without saying that including a language learning coach is invaluable to this process. I hope you have one, and if you don't, stay tuned to the next episode coming up. Third guideline, don't get too bogged down in the process. Keep moving. Do it in small spurts if you need to. You could even set a timer. And we're talking large breaststrokes not super picky particulars. Okay, what is profitable to evaluate? The handful I'm going to suggest here are time, feelings, relationships, and rest. So time. Review how you're spending your time. On the average, what percentage of your time overall are you spending on language learning activities like flashcards, language helper sessions, classes, listening to recordings, studying in general? Those are all in activities. Now, what about your out activities like church visits, meetings, interactive shopping? Now, compare your in hours with your out hours. Does that need to be more balanced? Some learners are great at out and about, but with too little focus study time, sacrifice accuracy. And on the other hand, Natalie warns about being holed up studying about the language versus using the language. I, Mary Lynn, hear learners say something like this. Oh, I can't go out and practice until I've studied enough to get it right. 
fluency sacrificed at the altar of accuracy. In episode 28, here a linguist talk about his struggle with that. And personally, even though I'm a linguist, I'm an all-out extrovert. So I struggled as well to balance study without and about practice. While you're asking the time question, and this might be an ouch, but include in your evaluation how much expat time you're spending versus interaction time with the local people. How much time are you on your phone checking social media, texting, or emailing friends back home, watching videos or movies? Of course, you could be flipping through your flashcards on your phone, but it might be a wake-up call if you check under your phone settings and see exactly how much screen time you're putting in. I'm wondering if how much time is the point here or if it's more about a comparison of percentages of how you spend your time. Think of a pie chart. Let's now bring in feelings here for you to evaluate. How do I feel about my language learning? I believe that taking feelings into account with honesty is valuable. Quickly, off the top of your head, what three to four emoji might characterize how you feel about your language learning? Feelings can be deceptive. You may feel like you're sailing along, riding the waves, doing things right, or you may feel depressed and discouraged. Don't think you've made much progress or even ready to give up or somewhere in the middle. Maybe the culprit comparison could be influencing your feelings. Better than so-and-so, not as good as so-and-so. But aim for a more realistic view of your language learning. It might be time to actually schedule an outside formal assessment with a coach or administrator. For a majority language, you might consider the OPI. OPI stands for Oral Proficiency Interview. Look that one up if you need to. Of course, these aren't the end all. You can also pull up proficiency guidelines like the ACTFL can-do statements or the Canadian Language Benchmarks or the European Common Framework and check things off. Now, this could be tricky, but is there a native speaker that you could ask honestly about progress who might be savvy enough about their own language to point out specific consistent errors? I know most friends want to be encouraging and tell you how absolutely perfectly you speak, but maybe there is someone who could help. Could you review a recording of yourself speaking spontaneously? Not reading something, obviously. Like I said, the goal here is putting in some effort to somehow separate out what you do know from what you don't know. Then going forward, you can chart your course. I'll just inject here a word to the wise about progress. Remember that you can knock out the beginning levels pretty fast. Your vocab is growing by leaps and bounds. People are beginning to understand you. But then, whoa, you're seemingly quagmired in the quicksand of intermediate land. You don't think you'll ever get to that advanced land of milk and honey. But believe me, it takes a whole lot longer to progress to higher levels, just saying. So, patience, my dear. Another criterion for evaluation. How about using the barometer of the depth and extent of your relationships? Do you feel like you have a lot of acquaintances but not any real friendships? 
this could possibly correspond to that in and out time we were talking about. Of course, acquaintances can deepen into friendships, so maybe you just need to cast your net wider to increase the probability of making some deeper relationships. I remember Amy from the very first episode saying that as she was meeting people in those early days, she had no idea who exactly was going to become a friend. Or maybe you need to courageously zoom in with some beginning friendships. I don't know. This could very well be the most important aspect of your evaluation. You've heard it said, of course, that language is not for the sake of language in itself. It's for relationships. And relationships will help you build language. And then more language builds more relationship. It's a joyous cycle, not a vicious one. Last big zoom out here. How much time are you resting from the stress of language learning? It's not a cop-out to take breaks. It's up to you to decide how much and how often. There's no magic formula. But if you continue to keep your nose to the grindstone, well, guess what? Your nose will get ground down. Now, for each of these questions, you do have to then make focus goals and take action steps to move from pie-in-the-sky wishful ideals to practical and measurable practices. You could easily and simply frame these in terms of more of this, less of this, or add this and subtract this. Finally, we'll end on this great big evaluation question that I absolutely love. Wish I could take credit for it, but it's from executive coach Brian McDonald, president of Moore Associates. Are you ready for it? Is there one thing, just one thing, that if you did it, would have the biggest potential benefit? Is there one thing, just one thing, that if you did it, would have the biggest potential benefit? What would be your one thing? Give it some thought and then make it happen. This is Mary Lynn Kindberg. I'm so glad you listened today to Language on Purpose. And thanks, Natalie, for your contribution. Find her and great SLA courses and resources at Wheaton's Institute for Cross-Cultural Training. Natalie.Mullen, that's M-U-L-L-E-N, at Wheaton.edu. Find Carol Lewis and how Acquire supports learners at acquirelanguagealtogether.net. You can hear Language on Purpose at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google, and always at our webpage, languageonpurpose.org. Subscribe or follow, and you won't miss an episode. I hope you'll zig and zag before I see you next time.